You look good. I'm telling you, you look good. I'm so grateful. It's good to see Jerry and Catherine back with us. We just, they're, they're family now, you know. When you come once, we, we claim you. So, family, we're grateful. My wife and I were headed to church on Wednesday night, and we were crossing 145. And she said something, and I thought she said something else. It's kind of like, you know, when my wife says I don't ever listen to her, and she said something else, but I don't remember what it was. <laughs> we're crossing the 145, and she said, she said, I thought, now here's what I heard. Do you hear those bells? I said, yeah. She said, don't pretend like you heard what I said when I didn't say that. She said, I said, it's clear as a bell. <laughs> so I hope that you got your ears on this morning and you don't, you don't misunderstand what I've got to say, you know, like I do, but... We're, we're grateful. It's really good to be with family and to feel the presence of the Lord. Amen. I want to just preach. If I were to title this message today, I would just call it, Are You Sitting Down? Have you ever heard anybody say, I got such good news? Are you sitting down? Well, I want to take you on a journey this morning. It's a person. I've lived this. Much, woo, it's much easier to preach something when you've lived it. I want to take you over to chapter 6 of John. This is one of the, this is, uh, the Bible calls it a miracle, and theologians call it a miracle, but it, it's the one that's recorded in all four Gospels. It's, but there's much more here when you see the direction the Holy Spirit, I believe, is taking us. It says, I'm going to read it from the Passion because it's really clear. You know, it's, it's an interpretation. And it says the same thing as the King James. It just says it more clear to me. He said, after this, Jesus went to the other side of lake of the lake of Tiberias. Now, Tiberias is not a lake. It's actually the region of Tiberias, which is the largest Jewish city in Galilee. Jesus went through Tiberias to the lake of Galilee which is also known as Lake Galilee. And a massive crowd of people followed him everywhere. They were attracted by his miracles and the healing as they watched him perform. Jesus went up the slope of a hill. He went up and he sat down with his disciples. Now it was approaching the time of the Jewish celebration of Passover and there were many pilgrims on their way to Jerusalem in the crowd. As Jesus sat down, he looked out and saw the massive crowd of people scrambling up the hill for they wanted to be near him. So he turned to Philip and said, where will we buy enough food to feed all these people? Now Jesus already knew what he was about to do, but, but, but he said this, stretch, this to stretch Philip's faith. Philip answered, well, I suppose if we were to give everyone only a snack, it would cost thousands of dollars to buy enough food. But conjunction... Just then, Andrew, Peter's brother, spoke up and said, Look, here's a young person, a lad, uh, with five barley loaves and two small fish, but how far would that go with his huge crowds? Have everyone sit down. 
Jesus said to his disciples, so on the vast grassy slope, more than 5,000 hungry people sat down. Actually, the translation is there were 5,000 men. Now, this is like a... Uh, It was a cultural uh, uh, peculiarity here because when they referred to the crowd, they only spoke of the men, not counting the women and the children. You do understand there's more than 5,000 people here. It says... He said, he said he had those uh, 5,000 hungry people sat down. Jesus then took the barley loaves and the fish and gave thanks to God. He then gave it to the disciples to distribute to the people. Miraculously, the food multiplied with everyone eating as much as they wanted. When everyone was satisfied, Jesus told his disciples, now go back and gather up the pieces left over so that nothing will be wasted. The disciples filled up 12 baskets of fragments Now, this is an interjection in this translation. I don't like it, really. A basket of leftovers for each disciples. That's All the people were astounded as they saw their own eyes. The incredible miracle Jesus had performed. They began to say among themselves, He really is the one, the true prophet we've been expecting. So Jesus, knowing that they were about to take Him and make Him their king by force, quickly left and went up the mountainside alone. Jesus went up and sat down. When you look at this passage, there's so much here for you and I to be encouraged with. Because I believe that God wants us to enter into a place like he was having the people to do. When those 5,000 people were there, remember that if you look at the Old Testament, for instance... Uh, We have to depend totally on the Holy Spirit to give us an understanding of of the Word. I believe it's the the difference between life and death. I believe it's the difference between victory and defeat. I believe it's the, the difference between how we see ourselves and how we see the Father. Because how you see the Father is going to determine how you see yourself. And it's very important to know what the Father thinks about you. Have you ever thought about what he thinks about you? Yes. Well, I want to, if you're human, you have. Thank you for being, you, you understand that, that I've often thought I had to convince God many times of how bad it was. Have you ever prayed and tried, think I need to convince him how bad it is. He gets involved. He already knows. But you understand Jesus is going up. Now, if you look at the old, the, the, the original Hebrew text, you do understand that there's five books in the Bible called the Pentateuch. There was the Septuagint, which is the, uh, another portion, and it was consisted of Joshua, Judges, First and Second Samuel, and First and Second Chronicles. That ended with the book of Chronicles. The Hebrew Bible ended with the book of Chronicles. How many know the disciples didn't have a Bible? Jesus didn't have a Bible. When he went into the temple, they gave him the scroll and he unrolled it. When he finished, he didn't take it with him. He handed it over. He was the the word, reading the word. But, But you understand, they didn't have a Bible. So at the end of Chronicles, here's the fascinating, you can read it for yourself. The Bible speaks of a coming king. What we think hit the, the Old Testament is, a, and some people don't like the Old Testament. Yeah. 
But I can tell you something about the Old Testament. We always say that if you take the light of the New Testament shining on the Old Testament, you'll see Jesus on every page. I want to give you another take. If you take the light of the Old Testament and shine it on the New Testament, it's all full of light. It's the, it's the history. It's not just a history lesson. It's something pointing to somebody that's coming. And at the end of Chronicles, if you read the end of Chronicles, it says that he shall go up, speaking of the Messiah, the King. And Ezra, which is the book following Chronicles, starts the same way. He shall go up. Come on, do you understand? This is much more to me than Jesus just going up a mountain. But, but the Bible said he goes up the hill. This is position. This is, pro, this, this is like, there's two different words called proximal and distal. Proximal means attached to the body. Close to the body. It's like my shoulder is proximal, more proximal than my elbow. So Jesus is positioning himself. He sits down, that's posture. Are you sitting down? Okay, if I if I were to tell everybody to sit down, just go ahead and sit. Oh, you are sitting. Kind of like a little, little boy. His mama got on to him, right? Sit down. He sits down, tapping his foot and said, calls mom over there, said, I might be sitting down on the outside. But I'm running all over the place on the inside. <laughs> so, so Jesus sees all the people, the multitudes following him because they experience his miracles, his healings, that they experience breakthrough. The cripple began to walk and the blind began to see. The deaf began to hear. And those that were harassed and possessed by demons were delivered. And they followed Jesus up the hill. And Jesus sat down. And he sees all the people, but he sees a need. And he asked a question to Philip, probably to all his disciples. Where shall we get food to feed all these people? Now, I want you to notice something. Philip avoids the question. He just completely bypasses the question. He starts talking about money. He said, well, I, I guess thousands of dollars wouldn't be enough to buy them a snack. He's bypassed the question. Jesus said, where? And he's talking about how. Come on, do you understand? I want to talk about a place of rest. I'm t I want to talk about a place where you can sit down and you can rest in who he is. The scripture says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6, he has raised us up and made us sit together, not with him. If you read it, it says in him. We're seated in him. But we are so frantic these days. We get frantic over, here's what we say. How are we going to do, how are we, we going to get our family into church? How are we going to get uh, the bill paid? Or how are we going to get this healing? How are we going to get this? Jesus asked Philip, where? The genius of Ezekiel 37. The spirit takes Ezekiel out to the valley of dry bones. You're familiar with it. And he asked Ezekiel a question. 
can these bones live? The genius. Ezekiel said, you know. Come on, if Philip could come and testify to you and me today, when Jesus asked him that question, he would have not said, uh, we don't have enough money. He would have said to Jesus, who is sitting down in a place of confident rest in the Father, he said, you know. Let me tell you something else. He wants human participation. We see here a, a beautiful picture. Because Andrew Phillips' brother says, oh, but there's a boy here, a lad. Now, the translation could be a, a, a young girl, a boy. So it says, there's, there's a lad here who's got five loaves and two fishes. Now, this is not the first time this has happened because there's one place where Jesus feeds 4,000 with seven loaves and a few fish. Remember? Yeah. Takes up seven baskets. I want to tell you that when he's getting ready to do something bigger, he starts with less. Oh, there's a boy here with five loaves and two fishes. See, he had 4,000 people, seven loaves and a few fish. But when he got 5,000, could have been thousands. He had five loaves and two fish. But notice the posture. Proximal means to be it attached to the core. Distal means to be distant. There are people who still have the ideology that they've, got to get, that they've got to get themselves aligned so that God will be okay enough for them that they can come closer to Him. I want a closer walk with the Lord. Come on, you can't any, get any closer than you already are. He wants, a, he wants more of you. I used to pray, Lord, less of me and more of you. And, 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 and it, was, it was like, okay, I want you to know that I'm not going to overshadow your personality or your character, but I'm going to enhance it because I'm going to live in you. But notice the posture. They sat down. Have the people sit down. Remember, Jesus comes to Bethany in Luke 10. He comes to Bethany and he, he's invited to a, a supper with Martha and Mary and Lazarus. And he's there sitting in the house and Mary is proximal. She's sitting at his feet and Martha is busy getting ready for the guests. And she says to Jesus, notice what Mary's doing. She's sitting. Jesus is sitting. Mary, Martha says, don't you care that she's left me to do all of this? I'm getting glasses ready for people. I'm getting dishes ready for people. And she's sitting at, she's sitting. Don't you care? And Jesus said something phenomenal. In the, in the translation that we're familiar with, it says, Martha, Martha, 
you are cumbered about much business. But Mary has chosen that good part that will not be taken away from her. Let me give you a better translation. Martha, Martha, you're being dragged around in circles with something that's so temporal. Mary has chosen what is of great value. And she's sitting at my feet. And you can't take it away from her. Let me tell you what people want to do. They want to, they want to be frantic. Let, let me tell you something. That, that they're sitting down and Jesus takes the bread and the fish and the first thing he does, he don't ask God to multiply it. He just says, Father, thank you. He thanks God and he begins to break it and hand it to the disciples. And it just begins to multiply. Let me tell you where... Your, your breakthrough. If we try to get breakthrough before we enter into rest, we're going to have to continue to do self-effort to keep the breakthrough. We, so many times, I'm guilty. I'm trying to say, okay, I can rest when God does this. When he fixes this, I can rest. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit did an about face with me and I am, I'm amazed. Because if you can, if you're doing this all the time, love won't let you have breakthrough. Because God, he, He's compassionate about how frantic you are, we are, but He wants you in a better place where you sit down. Come on, somebody. Let me just help you. How are you going to get your children in church? You know. How are we going to pay the bills? You know. How are we going to get this breakthrough? You know. When you enter into rest, what is rest? A, a, a brilliant theolog theological student was asked the question, I want you to tell me in one sentence what it means to know the Lord. He said, I can tell you in one word. Yes, Trust. Yes. You know the reason we get frantic is because we're not really in trust. I trust Him to save my family. I trust Him to heal my body. I trust Him to help me to make ends meet. I trust Him because He's faithful. You understand, God is faithful. Jeremiah said it over in the book of Lamentations chapter 3. He said, Lord, if it had not been for Your loving kindness, we would have been consumed. Lord, Your mercies are new every morning. Great is Your faithfulness, O oh God. And you understand, Jesus is sitting here on the hillside and there's a multitude of hungry people and he asks his, he engages his disciples, Philip specifically, to stretch his faith. And Philip just bypasses. Well, I guess a thousands of dollars won't be able to give them a snack. That's not the question. Where? If you know where, you understand. I believe we've forgotten who we're married to. 
I believe that we've forgotten that we're married to Jaira. <laughs> Come on, you understand? When you know you're married to him, you can sit down. <laughs> Just sit down. Look at your neighbor and say, are you sitting down? This is better news than we've been told it was. Come on, you understand. It's better than, it's gooder than what we thought it was because God is amazing. He's faithful in all that he does and everything he does is out of his love and passion for you. You see, you understand something. Jesus cared about those people. He cared about their hunger. How, we, where we're gonna feed all these hungry people. You understand what the devil wants to do? He wants to get you frantic over how. How are we going to do this? This past Thursday morning, I woke up and Big Mo called me. He's coming January the 7th. Oh yeah, but by the way, the first beginning in January, Bethel's going to be on TV through the month of January, probably into February on channel 10 at 8 o'clock on Saturday night. This is the the backdrop of the TV program, Alabama Gospel Roots, and our praise team is going to be there. They're on TV. How can you orchestrate that? No, I didn't have to. You know, you know. I'm just sitting there resting in him and got a call. Hey, Pastor, Brother George Stewart wants to do nine tapings at Bethel for a TV series called Alabama Gospel Roots. I said, come on, bring him on. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> come on, you understand that, that when, you, when, when you understand that, that God will take your loaves and fish if you'll turn it over to him. I woke up Thursday morning. Big Mo called me. I stepped out on the deck and I looked at my daughter's car. A rotten limb had fell through the sunroof, dented the frame, knocked the window off. So I went in to tell her. She said, No, no, yeah, she, she, said, she said, I said, I've already told him I can't handle anymore. Because this is not the first thing that happened this week. Her son's in Bible college, ministry school. And you, you understand that there's no assistance. Where are we going to get the money to pay for that? You know. She said, I've, she said, I can't take any more. I said, come on, honey, let, let's go out. And She said, let me see it. She, she looked at it. She said, what else? I said, I said, it's okay. You can ask him. You can tell him you can't take any more. But I want to tell you something, sweetie. <laughs> I want to tell, because I, I said, here's what we do. <laughs> here's what we do. I said, you, when you get seated in rest, it don't matter if the tree fell on the car. Yeah, you're concerned, but you're not, you're not frantic about it. You don't get into uh, this, this frantic feeling of what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What? Come on, you understand that when you enter into a place where you just sit down, look at your neighbor and tell them once again, are you sitting down? Are you sitting 
He wants human participation. The wedding the, at Cana, the first miracle, the first amazing. Do you believe Jesus could have turned the water into wine without their help? Absolutely. You think that, that he needed bread and fish to feed that multitude? You understand that the devil wanted him to turn a stone into bread for him. And he wouldn't do it. But when it came to his hungry children, come on, when it came to his hungry children, he multiplied the bread. He became the bread of, of life. Remember the woman at the well. The woman at the well. Fultini, she's the Saint Fultini. She's got a great legacy because historians tell her she was the leader of the church at Antioch. She was the pastor. Come on. To, come on. Tell me about how women. She was a martyr. Actually, she comes to the well. She's a woman of Samaria. And Jesus says to her, give me a drink. She said, are you, you talking to me? Because the Jews despised their norm, northern neighbors because they were a mix. They, they were descendants of the Assyrians, but they were Jews. And Jesus said, go call your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. She said, he said, that's right. He said, the one you got now is not your husband. You've, been had, you've had five. He's not beating that woman up and he's not, He's not trying to bring condemnation and shame on her. But here, here's the beautiful part. He's engaging this woman in conversation. She would have never expected Jesus to talk to her. Because he's a rabbi. And she's a Samaritan. And, and he said, he, he, she said, how is it? And, and he said, I, she said, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. He said, our fathers worshiped in this mountain. He said, you don't know who you worship. I don't care where you worship. If you don't know who you're worshiping. Yeah. I don't, people run all over the place, frantic to find that place. It doesn't matter. If, as long as you know who, because here's what, here's what uh, Jesus said. He, when, when she said, said, I perceive you're a prophet. He said, if you knew who was talking to you, you would ask me for water. Now, and he's not offering her a drink. You understand? He's not offering her a drink. He's offering to make her the river. Jesus stands on the great day of the feast in John 7. 
when they're pouring out the water out of their chalices, the priests tempting the people because water is a precious commodity in Israel and, and, and as if to say, this is not for you. This is another generation that's coming that's going to taste this water. And Jesus sees that and he's a little bit, uh, he, he's beside him. I believe the Holy Spirit comes on at that moment. He makes a declaration and says, if any man thirst, let him come unto me. I'm not just going to give you a drink. I'm going to make you the river. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Holy Spirit. And you understand the Holy Spirit in me. (laughs) Can I just preach right here a minute? (laughs) Are you sitting down? (laughs) No, you can be sitting down. And you can still be frantic. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to relieve us. He said, have the people sit down. It was only in rest did they get their breakthrough. Only in rest and trust in the one who cared about what they needed. Come on, you understand. When you can sit down, keep your eyes you got to look at the eyes. Come on, you got to see him. And you got to know that it's about relationship. It's not about religion. Religion's message is try harder. It'll keep you. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? How are we going to do this? Come on, you know. <laughs> Tell you the story. I know, I know, I know Jesus gives the bread and fish to his disciples and they begin to hand out. And somehow, what he has blessed multiplies because they're seated. You know. Now, 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 don't get me wrong. Some people who have an unhealthy understanding of rest will get lazy. Just like people who have an unhealthy picture of grace gives them a, a license to keep on living like they want to. No, no, no. Rest is a place where you're just waiting on Him. You know, Lord. You understand, He knows. Don't be anxious for anything. I want to tell you something about anxiety. Anxiety is a witness that we have an unhealthy relationship with time. Anxiety is a witness that we have an unhealthy relationship with time. If you go to tomorrow... You've got grace for the day, but you don't have grace for tomorrow. You know, tomorrow, I'm going to say it in, in, in Southern redneck slang, you don't have grace for tomorrow. That's the way I talk anyway. Martha comes, Jesus is headed to Bethany. 
He's waited two extra days and he finds his friend Lazarus is dead. He tells his disciples he's asleep. We're going to wake him up. Well, if he's asleep, he'll do well. No, no, you don't understand. You don't see it like I see it. I see him asleep. But I want to tell you, everybody says he's dead. I'm going to wake him up. Martha comes and falls at Jesus' feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, if you go in the past, let me tell you, the, the devil will keep you in a place that, that you won't be able to rest and you'll live in regret. I know. What if? He'll, he'll get you into the what if. God don't want you to live in the what if. He wants you to live in the why not. Come on, he wants you to live in the why not. And if you live in the, my grace is sufficient for what? Today, this moment, the present. Don't try to get, anxiety is a witness that we have an unhealthy relationship with time. Paul said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding. will keep your heart and mind. Guard your heart and mind. I'll tell you a story. Here's, here's what I believe. When you sit down and you begin to rest in Him and try, stop trying to figure out how you're going to do it, and think about where you're going to get it. Uh, I'm really guilty. When Angela came in this morning, I said, tell them where you got it. <laughs> right? Look over at your neighbor and tell them, tell them where you got it. Where? You know. I'll tell you this story. We got to pray. We're going to pray. I, I don't want to. I got an ocean to put in a thimble. I've, I'm grateful. <laughs> no, notice now, when, when they're finished, they, they eat everything they want. They're satisfied. When they were satisfied, you understand, he don't want you to quit till you sit in that place where you are content. Because when you learn to rest, you're going to find contentment. Because your breakthrough is going to happen while you're resting. I told my daughter, I said, let me tell you, you need to stop looking at that sunroof. Let me tell you what happened. Now, I want to tell you, not too many years ago, we lived at Walwood and there was a, a straight line wind. We got home from church and we're, I'm sitting in the recliner waiting on, on, on Sunday dinner, lunch, whatever you want to call it. And, and Deborah's watching out the window and the wind's raging. And, and she said, look, the fence is coming across the pool. And she said, you better run. And she, while she's scooting by me, she said, you better run. And I mean, Lord, why? Why? I don't... She did. 
don't know. I don't think I even got out of the chair <laughs> till it was too late. <laughs> and, and, it, and it blew the, 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 the dog-eared fence into the pool, destroyed so much property. But I'm telling you, Brother Alan Wilson was one of the first ones showed up in the front yard. I saw him picking up the chimney <laughs> topper out there by the road. He was picking up stuff. They were, he was there. And, and you know what? God, the insurance company, because we had insurance, thank God for insurance, it put, they put it back better than it was when we started. Because that's the way God operates. And I want to help you. I believe God wants you not to be frantic. I, want, I believe He wants you to rest. Sit down. Focus on Him. Begin to understand who he created you to be and he cares about every area of your life. Story is told of a, in, in the ancient Middle East of an older gentleman who was a master at weaving rugs. People, you couldn't afford it unless you were wealthy and people in that region waited for years for him to weave them a rug. But he had a six-year-old granddaughter who came to him and said, Papa, give me some, I want some needles. I want to weave. Teach me how to weave. For her sixth birthday, he gave her some of his favorite needles. And she came to him and said, Papa, can we weave a rug? Can we weave? He knew she wasn't ready. But he sat down, he got all the materials, and they begin to weave. She's over there trying to emulate him. She's trying to copy him in everything he does. Weaving with her papa. When, when they're finished, everybody thought it would be a throwaway. They thought because she's six years old. And, but when they saw it, it was a masterpiece. And they said, she's got the gift. She's got the gift. And they went to him and said, did you know she had the gift? He looked at them and said, she didn't get one stitch right. But I, I took into account her mistakes and I wove them right into the rug. <laughs> He's already taken into account your situation and your failures and your mistakes. I, I came to tell somebody, don't throw away your needles. Don't quit weaving because he's sitting with you weaving a masterpiece. Ephesians says, we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. My performance is not the issue. Because if you try to get breakthrough without entering into rest, you're going to have to continue self-effort and performance. I want to tell you what I want you to begin to do. I want you to be aware that some of those recipes that you ladies 
I mean, I cook some mean biscuits, but you understand that, that I, I didn't, I don't think it was my idea. I think Father, Son, and Holy Spirit got together. And they wanted human participation. So I had this idea. And, and, you know, I make cornbread. And, and it's, my, my sisters-in-law would always say when they got something they want to eat cornbread with, would you ask Wayne to cook cornbread? Because my mama taught me how, but I tweaked it. And I don't think it was my idea. Because she'd put mayonnaise in the mix. Now, I don't, I, I, it, it's not original. So I, he, I think he gave me this recipe. And, 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 and melt a whole stick of butter. Two cups of flour. One egg. Some oil. Gobs of mayonnaise. I eat mayonnaise on everything. You call me Jose Jimenez. I don't care. <laughs> I'll add some oil. Then I'll, then mayonnaise. And then I'll melt a whole stick of butter. That's a half a cup. Pour it in the, in the cornbread. Buttermilk. It says buttermilk cornmeal. I make it. Butter, buttermilk butter, 2.0. <laughs> put, put it in the oven. It'll set you free. But it wasn't my idea. You know what? I believe Father, Son, and Holy Spirit got together and said, he's trying to make cornbread. Let's show him. <laughs> oh, I got an idea. I'll make some. Yeah, I'll, I'll make some. For, you understand that the, the, this is how the Holy Spirit, it's amazing. This wonderful circle of love of Father, Son, and Spirit. It, they so want you to be in that circle. But it's not a place that you, you, you need to be frantic or, or worried. Because he's going to weave. He sit down, Papa, sit down with you. Weave every area of your life into his masterpiece. When he's done, it's going to be amazing. I want you to stand with me. Do you have strings on the keyboards? I want you to, I want you to help me do that. Brother Dwayne's coming. Yeah, come on, come on. I want you to do some strings. I don't know if that was my idea either. <laughs> oh my goodness. My goodness. You understand when you rest in him, he's about to hand you a miracle. You know what's in your rest? Multiplication. In that place where you sit down, I believe it, it's coming more than you he's not looking for you to get to the place where you got it right we try to fix ourselves 
We, we try to get straightened up. The God I was raised with, I can never please in my own mind. I can never make the standard. I love my raising. I'm grateful for my raising. But you understand, when I learned how to sit down in His completed work, for you are complete in Him who is the author, the originator, and the finisher of our faith. I can't tell you how many times this week I've been overwhelmed by just the presence of the Lord. I just break down and begin to weep because I, I felt His arms around me. Get ready. Yeah, come on. I want, you to, I want you to understand. Just settle it, Lord. Lord, deliver her from every distraction. Everything that would distract her to drag her around in circles. Lord, let her sit down and rest. Let her sit down, bring a wholeness and healing. Come on, do you know what he thinks about you? He's so amazed by you, girl. And he's so in love with you. Every gift and talent that you have, he gave it because he wanted you to be his unique daughter. And I'm telling don't you ever, ever let life or anyone make you feel less than how the Father sees you because he sees you as his beloved. His love makes you whole. His love makes you complete. Don't throw away your needles. He's, he's weaving with you. He's weaving. If you're here and you, you found yourself in a place of unrest and you felt the frantic draw of life, He's weaving a masterpiece, girl. Oh my goodness. Don't you ever look back and regret. Don't you ever say what if. That's out of your vocabulary. He wants you to begin to say, why not? Why not? Just give me the bread and fish. You bless it. I'm going to rest in you. You're beautiful in his eyes. You're amazing in his eyes. I want you to know something. If you're here and you've been caught in this whirlwind, just lift your hands. Are you sitting down? He's inviting you to sit down. Tell him to sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Come on, sit down. That's it. That's it. See him? Look in those eyes. Jesus. Look in those eyes. He cares. But he wants you to rest in him. If you're here, you say, Pastor, I've been in that frantic pace and I've allowed anxiety to keep me weighted down. I want you to come. I want to take a moment and pray for you. I want you to take a moment and come. We're going to pray over these shoe boxes in a minute, but this is this is important. Yeah, yeah, here they come. Come on, come on. Come on. You've, you've been frantic and you've been anxious 
And you know you can't fix it. Where 